course you're back for basic instinct. Oh my god, they are all time. <laughs> Wait, is that is that a, a a factual? I would say it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Amazing. I don't know. I don't want to spoil the like. Did did you like it or didn't like it? But I fucking <laughs> love it. It's quite simple, really. Just need to show you some film. You mean like going to the pictures? Something like that. Welcome back, everyone, to uh, another fantastic episode. I'm Mitch. And I'm Stefan, and this is Drag Mitch to Hell, the show where I subject poor Mitch to genre movies that I love, but believe he will hate. And somebody's back. Oh, it's me. <laughs> yeah. I'm like looking around the room. Who, who is it? Who could it be? Who's the surprise guest? Oh, wow. It's me. I'm delighted to be back, fellas. How are you? Welcome back, Yvette. I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. You know, I just haven't had much time for the podcast. What with a small terrorist living inside my house known as a baby. But uh, I'm really, really happy to be back for this episode and to talk to you guys again. So let's get right into it. Has she destroyed anything in your house so far? <laughs> um, mostly just like leaving food all over the carpet and like mm. inside my shoe. Like I found a piece of banana inside one of my shoes. <laughs> so. what, what a cute terrorist in that yeah, case. Yeah. Yeah. No serious damage, but some pretty annoying damage. Oh, man. Speaking of damage, we're, we're going to have an interesting movie to talk about here. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, I, I, I try to intro us with a question. There's like nothing that pertains to this I, movie. Yeah, I was wondering what uh, what were you kind of question you were gonna pull out uh, here. I don't like like what's the weirdest workplace rabbit hole you've gone down. Like like it's hard to take the events of this film and then transport your like uh, either of you into something that would be tangentially related to what happens in this film. It's it just I don't know what to do, man. There, I have no questions for you guys that could somehow relate to the events of this film. No, I have never killed anyone. Have you written about it mm. with the intention of eventually killing somebody? That's a more complicated question. You can refrain from answering. It's fine. Thank you. I will not be confessing to murder <laughs> publicly on a recorded podcast. <laughs> Rather I, than go ahead, Mitch. Go ahead, Mitch. Now, as you say, I do have a, a genuine question. Have either of you ever used an ice pick? Hmm. No. No. So, so I mean, like, I, I, to me, it's weird because. Either you want ice cubes or shaved ice, I feel like, typically, right? <laughs> so, like, the, the ice pick is, is some vestigial, you know, much like the erotic thriller genre. It's a dinosaur. It's extinct. I don't like. I don't understand <laughs> yeah. what an ice pick is used for. I feel like it's going to make a return the way that, like, vinyl records and stuff have. Like, it's a very analog <laughs> way of making ice cubes for your cocktails, like artisanal cocktails, you know? Record players, VHS players uh or, or sort of vcrs what am i saying yeah like, like i know I, what you mean geez uh and, and ice picks clearly uh cool uh i guess in lieu of uh a, a question why don't i take us on a journey here how does that sound sounds great yeah okay it. good so i want you guys not not you guys like mitch Uvada, but like the the listenership i want you to go grab some keys it could be house keys could be car keys. I don't care. I then want you with your free hand to reach into your pocket. What's that? There's a plastic baggie in there. And what's inside the baggie? It's cocaine. It's not your cocaine, though. 
So you can do whatever you want with it. So I want you to put your key into the cocaine baggie. Then I want you to do some. Why are you doing this? It's because you're a detective and you're under investigation <laughs> for having drug problems. And you're now in a relationship with somebody who's the prime suspect of a murder investigation. We were, of course, doing 1992's Basic Instinct. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> what a journey. <laughs> what a journey. <laughs> you like, I want you to, to narrate that, uh, that whole journey, but in like a guided meditation way that's going to like <laughs> put me to sleep, you know? No, he grabs the cocaine okay. baggie. <laughs> Just like ASMR. <laughs> exactly. We got 31 stab wounds. What was it? Ice pick. Speak to Miss Catherine Tremell, please. Is she a suspect? She's a suspect. I wanted to write a book about the murder of a retired rock and roll star. You know how she does the boyfriend? With an ice pick. She intended the book to be her alibi. I picked him up, and I had sex with him. You didn't feel anything for him, you just had sex with him for your book. In the beginning. Then I got to like what he did for me. You like playing games, don't you? It's nice. You've got no physical evidence. She's lying. What's your new book about? A detective who falls for the wrong woman. What happens? She kills him. Stay away from her! You are out of control, Kurt. You won't learn anything I don't want you to know. She knew I'd say she did it, and she knew that nobody would buy it. She is screwing with your head, Nick! She knows things about me that I only told you. How's it feel to kill someone? She manipulates people. Freeze! How much did she pay you? Come on, play that! Come on! She knows where I live and breathe. Games are over, Nick. I love this movie. This is a great film. We have. Yandebant's wonderful photography. We have lines like, she's evil, she's brilliant. We have Stephen Tobolowski from, uh, you know, another uh, Drag Much to Hell film, Deadlock, uh, as a psych delivering his qualified opinion of a, a devious diabolical mind uh, that Catherine Trammell, Sharon Stone's character, you know, possesses. We have Wayne Knight, who, after being seen in this film, was cast by Spielberg in Jurassic Park. No way. Is that a true story? Maybe not. <laughs> That's what the internet says. That's what the internet says. That's amazing. And I just trust I it. That. I just trust it. Um, I remember the trailer when I was a kid, and uh, I think the what stuck out the most for me was the club scene. I don't know why. I just watched it. And I was like, oh, all the flashing lights. Uh, we have a, a weird hot scene between human lizard uh michael douglas and and uh wonderful sharon stone uh a well-deserved oscar nomination for this film uh we have so many amazing like character actors in this uh you have you gene triplehorn uh daniel van borgen 
uh, Mitch Pileggi, you know, Sharon Stone's great, as I already said. I think I've run through a lot of uh, what I enjoy. But I think what I enjoy most is any cat and mouse film, especially one where the character who is, you know, uh, I guess the cat in this case uh, is like particularly uh, indecipherable in the sense that like I don't they're like so high above everybody else in terms of the way that, that they're uh, manipulating everybody. It, it, it's just, it's uh, really enjoyable to watch. So Sharon Stone, again, third time saying it, wonderful. Um, why pick this for Mitch? You might ask. A good question. For good reason. Mitch, you, there's one particular film of Paul Verhoeven, the director of this film, uh, that you have, have expressed as that you do not enjoy, which will become a future episode so i'm not talking about it sure um so i think there's a certain like paul verhovenness that you might not enjoy uh like it's like a, maybe a campier nature particular particularly of his like 90s late 80s output i think that might not work for you and there's a lot of weird stuff in this film that you know we'll talk about as we get into it but uh that's largely the rationale um i don't know how you feel about erotic thrillers in general I know we did it in the cut already, but I like. How do you feel about that specific, like, like again, dinosaur subgenre that's largely extinct? Um, I would say that it's not a genre that, that, to be honest, I've seen a lot of erotic thrillers, like you know, uh, a handful here and there. But it's not a genre that I've watched a ton of that I have a lot of exposure to, where I have strong feelings uh about it either way um and i don't want to get too much into it because i think that if i do it'll oh yeah spoil how i feel something. about this movie uh for you and i don't want to do that just yet no no all right uh we're gonna jump into yuvana and uh your history with it and whether or not you think it'll work for mitch Oh boy. Well, yeah. my history is that I watched it. I watched it last night in preparation for this podcast. And I think that was maybe the fifth or sixth time I've watched it. I can't even recount exactly. And the highlight of all the times I watched it was one time when I saw it in a theater on the big screen. That was really, really fun. About seven, eight years ago. I've always loved it. I mean, I'll go into more detail about what I love about it as we talk about it, but I just think it's a, <laughs> at the risk of sounding over-exaggerated, over-exaggerated, I think it's the perfect film. Like, I think there's like nothing wrong with it. I think everything about it is perfect. It looks perfect. The dialogue's perfect. The soundtrack is perfect. The length is perfect. The pacing, <laughs> it's just perfect. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, and yeah, I continue to love it as like kind of emblematic of the genre. Um, you know, the neo-noir, the femme fatale, the erotic thriller, murder mystery, you know, misdirects here and there, cat and mouse. Like you said, it's just like everything, everything that you need from and expect from all of those genres. It just like straight delivers the goods with every beat, I think. So was that, am I, is that too hyperbolic? Am I loving it no, too this much? Is great. I really, no, this I really, really love it. I don't know if I had to take a guess about Mitch, you know, I haven't, haven't talked to you guys on the podcast in a while, but from back in the day when I, I try to recall Mitch's taste, I'm going to say Mitch likes this movie. I'm going to say he enjoys it and appreciates it, but let's do find you, out if my prediction is, is correct. Do you just want him to enjoy it? I really do. I want everybody <laughs> to love this masterpiece by Paul Verhoeven. This might be surprising, but every time I pick a movie 
it surely is with the intention that Mitch will hopefully not like it, but I really do hope you all will like it. Yeah. There's something, there's something about Basic Instinct that, let's say, brings people together, friend, friends. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Of course. Uh, we saw in the theater together another Verhoeven Esther House uh, uh, epic Showgirls uh, mm. as well. So yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, maybe a future episode is potentially as. Well. Have you ever seen Showgirls, Mitch? Uh, I have. Yes. And. Um, I mean, I feel like I watched it when I was like 18 or 19, probably for not the, the, the right reasons, uh, or, but yeah. yeah, I don't remember enjoying it all that, uh, much, but I do feel like it could be a, like a campy, ridiculous, uh, enjoyable watch. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, a, a lot of similar aesthetics to this film, although this movie is, is, is objectively in my opinion like a really really great well put together film so I'm, I'm curious to know your thoughts specifically on this film so why don't we go uh any history at all if it exists uh could be tangential just like you know you remember the vhs box cover so i mean i think you're you'd be hard pressed to find a a person who likes movies as much as i do with who has no idea what basic instinct is um aware of the movie just had never seen it obviously there's the controversial sort of interrogation scene that everybody knows about. Um, but that was my sort of experience with the film. Like I knew generally what it was about and who was in it. I knew it was a Verhoeven movie. Um, I haven't watched, a, I'd say, a ton of Paul Verhoeven movies. I won't mention the title of the one that I uh, was not a fan of that uh, <laughs> we'll do later on. Um, but I have enjoyed some of his movies as well, but wasn't a director where I was seeking out uh, his content. So that was it. And I never, it was always one that was sort of on my radar as I should get to this movie. I should watch this at some point in time. This is a, a big sort of iconic movie in a way. I think that I read it was like the fourth highest grossing film of the year when it came out. A lot of controversy surrounding it. So it's a movie that I always thought I should watch this and just never finally got around to it um and now i have and do you want to know and i had a pretty great time watching yeah you did <laughs> yes you did you loved it you had a wonderful yeah. time is this just a, a backdoor ascend episode for us <laughs> <laughs> it might be yeah oh uh, we're all we're all in heaven everything is great yeah nothing is wrong yeah um we're watching basic instinct over and over and over <laughs> again so uh both of our schedules have been kind of trash lately and, and uh mitch had said oh i've been trying to watch this movie over like four different sittings right now uh so i thought unfortunately of course yeah, yeah but but i also thought it might have been like an indictment of the film you're like oh like i like i fell asleep i you know i had something to do so i had to stop so i i, I didn't know which way this was gonna go uh and I, i'm surprised but I'm glad we're here. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to uh, to talk about this movie because there's some wild uh, some wild stuff in it and some some great things. So, for sure, uh, why don't uh, I, I lead us into this and we can start to uh, unpack this? Uh, we're gonna be very loose because I really didn't do a synopsis for this film because I uh, ran out of time. 
So <laughs> it's got a lot of twists and turns. So maybe we don't, you know, if if you were to summarize each little thing, of course, take us six hours. So yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do the highlights. Let's get the, the highlights. Let's get the Cole's sure. notes of Basic Instinct. Of course. Uh, so we open uh, with a scene that gives us the exact kind of smut that we'd be expecting to watch with an erotic thriller. Uh, we have this rich rock star dude, Johnny Boz, uh, bound to the bed frame. Uh, given his exuberance, he's clearly having some of the more memorable sex of his life. Uh, until the events turn sour. Uh, I, I want to say one thing here quickly, which I didn't, actually didn't know until this, this viewing, but uh, keen eyes during the opening credits uh, might have caught one name in particular, uh, and that name belongs to Mr. Rob Bottin, uh, who is handling the special effects for this film. And uh, you may ask yourself why this dude uh, who had done the unreal prosthetics for you know, John Carpenter's The Thing attached to an erotic thriller, which presumably contains like very little challenges for somebody with his particular skill set. Well, uh, this woman who, whose face we don't see, who is uh, riding our rich, bloated uh, rock star, uh, grabs an ice pick and rather unceremoniously begins to drive it into... Uh, this bound individual and one particular skewering is in his face. And it is like, for me, like pretty horrific. Uh, I think we can all agree. Yeah. It's yeah. a very gruesome graphic, violent scene combined with a very graphic sex scene. Um, so I think it's great because the film is upfront about what you're getting. He's like, Oh, you came to see an erotic thriller. Did you? Here's a <laughs> sex murder scene to start you off. How do you, how do you like that? But yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, gory for sure yeah i mean i know this is verhoven and he's like you know hyper violence all the time you know robocop total recall uh starship troopers the, the list goes on where uh he, he's done movies that have particularly like shocking violence uh with that said mitch were you also like uh what is going on already immediately <laughs> in this film uh yeah i think like you said Yvonne, it's it sort of sets you up for exactly what you are expecting to see in this erotic thriller um, but you, the the face stab definitely caught me off guard a little bit. Um, I just wasn't sure how gruesome the killing was going to be. And so when that knife goes through, it's either through his like cheek and his mouth or his nose or something, but it's it's pretty brutal. Um, yeah. That, that's, if, if you know my taste at all, if, there, if you're going to be violent in your movie, then, uh, then fucking be violent. And that's how I like it. So this started <laughs> off just right for me. Oh, you heard it here. Mitch wants it ultraviolet, apparently. <laughs> um, we are then introduced to our central character who's brought on to the scene to investigate this murder. And that is Nick Nicky Curran. Uh, I'm going to refer to him, I think, as Nicky primarily. So I, I, I enjoy him being dubbed that by our other central character who uh, we will soon meet. Uh, we gather a few things from uh, the crime scene. That is, uh, poor Nick is in hot water for some unknown reason at this point. Um, uh, it's revealed that the the dead rock star's partner, Catherine Trammell, might potentially be a suspect. So they're sent off to go investigate. Uh, and while they go to the address, they meet uh, Roxy, who's uh, another character who looks... Uh, startling like start, startlingly like the potential killer because while we don't see who the woman is she's blonde and that's largely it and Sharon Stone could be the killer uh, the Catherine Schmall character or Roxy we have no idea 
there's a lot of people that could be fulfilling this uh, role right now. Roxy, unfortunately, informs the two that uh, Catherine is up at a beach house. So they drive off and go meet her. Maybe the drive to the beach house is an opportune moment for me to mention how many wonderful Hitchcockian elements this film has. (laughs) And I know we'll probably get there, but all of the driving scenes in the mountains, it's on the ocean, it's by the cliffs. It's like uh, these little skinny highways going around mountains next to crashing waves. And it's just gorgeous. It's just beautiful. So yeah. one of many driving scenes. Yeah, there's the 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 scene where Nick is tailing Catherine yeah. as well that I find yeah. like wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, also, he's very stuff. bad at tailing people, but that's <laughs> yeah, it. actually bad. 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 We'll get, we'll get like, to that. He's not he's not good at stuff. He's he's not good. At, not a great. <laughs> yeah, they they eventually do meet Catherine and and she seems largely unfettered by the fact that. Uh, Johnny Boz is established as her, her, sorry, her boyfriend, but she does not view him as such. He is just like a receptacle for sex. And that is it. Mm. Like she goes and gets what she needs. And then she just goes about her life. And uh, she admits that she she never loved him. So a very, very, very interesting. I I really like Sharon Stone in this film, the way that she plays uh, the, the Catherine Trammell character, I think is like, I think could uh, easily dismiss as like coolly one note potentially, but I find, I think that would be like a disservice because I think she carefully toes a, like a genre line of like making a really interesting potential villain. Yeah. I think she's uh, like pitch perfect in this yeah, role. I think absolutely. She's great. And just to mention when they first question her and she's sitting out on the deck of her amazing, gorgeous, wealthy, luxury beach house, she, I think, really gives the viewers a lot of pleasure in the way that in the very unrealistic way that she speaks to the police. Like you're if you come to get questioned for a homicide, you're not supposed to say get the fuck out of here to the cops. That's not, I mean, yes, it's you're like more likely to get away with it if you're a rich, white, beautiful lady, but like, I don't think anyone's supposed to talk to the cops like that. So I think there's a really satisfying kind of identification with her character um, in that moment. And the fact that she's like very calm and careful and beautiful and cool. And, you know, she's uh, she's a bit of a aspirational protagonist, if I may say. Yeah, for sure. I also love the way that her her lip kind of curls up when when um, uh, when Nick is explaining how Boz has been killed. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, and, that's right. That's right. With an ice pick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not only uh, that she then tells them to like fuck off, but she's like either arrest me or fuck off, which is even like more kind of like thumbing her nose at mm-hmm. the, the, yeah. the detectives, which I enjoy. Giovanni, you mentioned that uh, sort of Hitchcock elements here. This feels like a not necessarily in the dialogue, but uh, like a Hitchcock introduction to uh, like a, a, the femme fatale or the, yeah, the, the icy blonde for sure. Blonde, exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, I think we'll stop here for a few things. Uh, we're going we're gonna to address Nick now. So as I explained in the initial scene, it's clear that there's people who are kind of hand-holding Nick for some unknown reason. Uh, and it turns out that Nick is uh, laid up with internal affairs. Uh, but not only that, he's been mandated to meet with Dr. Beth Gardner, who's played by uh, Jean Triplehorn. And it's revealed that he's also been romantically uh, engaged with her. 
are entangled with her. And it turns out that Nick has been also hitting the sauce, which is booze and cocaine for him. Mm. Uh, hence the intro to this episode, just so it's absolutely clear. <laughs> uh, and oddly enough, Gardner seems to want to still be in a relationship with Nick. Uh, it'll be revealed later on that Nick has shot and killed four people over five years, which has been cleared up. That's too many. To that is too many people. way <laughs> too many. This guy manages to continue to be working despite uh, all of his numerous shortcomings yeah. as a detective. Uh, they also, he had, that's also how I guess the nickname Shooter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There's a, a one throwaway scene where they're just talking about, it's like the detective uh, exposition dump scene. Uh, it, it, I, I say that derisively, but I actually think it's a really, really good scene uh and there's also a commonality between this and showgirls where you know there's the versace versace bit in showgirls uh and then in this esterhouse for hoven joint we have Hermes scarf versus yeah. like hermes love that uh, the correct pronunciation i just love the high fashion brands being yeah. <laughs> mispronounced. <laughs> mispronounced in these movies uh anyways it, it turns out uh johnny boz had been restrained with an quote unquote Hermes scarf um and then they kind of give a bit of backstory for Catherine now so we've, we've had Nick's backstory we're going in Catherine now and she's wealthy having inherited a lot of money from her parents who had died in a boating accident um from there she's been married to boxers uh a boxer I guess uh, along with her central rock star all who have died uh, and she has a degree in quote unquote screwing with people's heads. Uh, and on top of all of that, she's a writer. And uh, interestingly, her most recent book is about a rock star who was killed by their lover, hands tied to the bed and with an ice pick. Coincidence? I think not. Oh boy. I love this. <laughs> I, I, I particularly love when they start discussing the motivation her potential motivation for having like written this book as an alibi for the crime or right. like, and then they're like, or, you know, the, the flip the coin and there some twisted fan is, is, you know, uh, making an, an elaborate uh, jab at the Catherine character, which is also very cool. Uh, I, I, I love this. This is a great setup, Mitch yawn board. Yeah, ab absolutely. The, uh, it's just it's so much fun like it's very pulpy yeah uh, and at times a little bit ridiculous but in such an entertaining way like even steven tobolowski's delivery of the line where it's like um you know either it's her or it's somebody else like but it's like one sick individual or like something just like super over the top and yeah. ridiculous but He's it's so great. much fun it's just like eating up the uh the screen yeah it's awesome yeah they have so many like wonderful character actors delivering like not i don't want to say bananas lines but uh just like wonderfully written <laughs> <laughs> like like it's all good stuff uh, so go ahead i just want to jump in and say that i think by this point when we've kind of met and established the backstories of michael douglas and sharon stone's characters what i love the most is the dynamic where he is so clearly not in control of his shit like he's just falling apart at the seams he can't really handle anything he's on the precipice all the time he's bad at everything he's out of control and yet he thinks like a typical sort of you know 
police detective, white, powerful man guy that he's very much in control. He's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I got I'm good. I got this. I got this all under control. And then we have Catherine Trammell, the Sharon Stone character, who's like extremely in control. And to the point where we even, you know, see later how she can just like handle her booze and coke, like, you know, for for Michael, not that I'm saying that people should be doing cocaine casually, I do not advocate for that. But Michael Douglas uh, goes crazy off the rails off the hook, and she just kind of remains very together. She's very together. Yeah. And I love that dichotomy between them. I think that's really fascinating. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh not only is like Michael Douglas's character off the rails, but he then like becomes more off the rails in a sense that he, he feels like he has to become like a more uh, like a, a sexual explorer after meeting her. Yeah. And that results in a very unfortunate scene with Gene Triplehorn's Dr. Garner later mm-hmm. on. Um, but, but it would, he spirals further out of control. Despite- oh, he's spiraling. He is spiraling yeah. hard. This whole yeah. movie is just him spiraling. It's weird because I typically don't like movies that follow a character's descent because Mm. I have a weird thing with like uh, secondhand embarrassment. Like I don't want to be around embarrassment. If somebody trips and falls, it makes me like, I'm like, oh, get me away from this. (laughs) Like, Can I roll away and hide somewhere? Again, like, I don't, I don't know why that is. I respond to embarrassment in the way that people respond to like horror films. Like, Like that's scary. I'm like, I feel similarly. Uh, but whereas some of those movies make me feel like how people feel towards horror films, this movie, I'm actually enjoying myself the whole way through. I don't care what, what Michael Douglas does to further like launch himself like over the edge. I'm like, like, let's go, man. Let's just go. Could that be because this movie is so fun? Like, it's just fun. Like I just have a fun time. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, but I think that, what's fascinating here is that despite him being so bad clearly at his job uh you mentioned the embarrassing sort of things that happen he doesn't seem to be embarrassed right by his shortcomings that's right he still thinks he's doing a good job or he's on the, the trail and he's gonna yeah. he's gonna win he's so yeah. like he's so many steps behind and never realizes it and so it's it's not treated with embarrassment or like he should be embarrassed or he doesn't think he is which makes it more enjoyable to watch because like this guy clearly doesn't have a fucking clue as to what's (laughs) going on and is so bad at this um and yet he still thinks he's the man and he's in control yeah that's pretty funny you mentioned the dichotomy between the two characters and i think i know i'm sort of skipping ahead here but one of my favorite scenes is when after they end up having their having sex and they're sort of walking, I think it's on the beach and he's talking about how it was the fuck of the century, which is another thing. <laughs> what a great line. Line. <laughs> And she's like, you really thought it was that good? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, well, it was a good start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this guy's beyond shame. Oh man. <laughs> but I guess like to the point that he is, he is so, uh, you know, not the, the king of the hill that he thinks he is. And when they bring her in for questioning, which is what follows, uh, because reasonably they're like, we need to talk to this person. And you're like, where were they when this happened? Um, uh, Catherine's character who sat in the backseat of the vehicle uh, asks for a smoke. Um, and then, you know, uh, Nick says, I don't smoke, but she knows he smokes or smoked and implies that like, oh, you quit, but you know, you never really quit. 
Then she pulls out her own cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. like, oh, oh, I forgot these. Oh, I, I forgot I actually these. had some cigarettes. Ooh. And then lights one up. And then like, then offers him another one. <laughs> it's pretty good. It, she's it, just, I mean, they didn't have this term back then, but she's just trolling him the whole movie. Oh, <laughs> that's, 100%. that's what she's doing. And so oh. speaking of that car ride, that white outfit she puts on, which is the iconic outfit that we get to in the interrogation scene. I've been looking for something like that for decades like ever i'm a big thrift and vintage shopper every value village every thrift store i go to i'm like that white dress with the high neck and the cowl sweater that goes over it and cigarettes 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 <laughs> like that's like my dream ultimate look so uh should you ever come across such a piece of clothing <laughs> please immediately purchase it for me size 12 thank you i didn't say it but one of my notes for what i enjoyed is sharon stone's wardrobe so oh my god the cost all of the costumes but is. hers especially yeah. Um, what about I, Michael Douglas's deep V the deep sweater v. that he wears? No, 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 no. We're, <laughs> okay, we're skipping we're, ahead to the deep V. No deep V yet. No deep V yet. <laughs> Just give me like a hot second. We'll yeah. get there. Yeah. Like, why is he wearing a knit V-neck? <laughs> he looks like my dad went to a club or something. <laughs> it's, it's truly a unique experience. But we'll, we'll get there. It's not, it's not far away. I just but Yeah, the costumes are A plus, number one, fantastic. Yeah. Everything about this. Also, the boxy vehicles, man. I miss oh, yeah. the boxy vehicles. I love a good cop car. Yeah. I, I just, I it's to the point where, like, I will buy, like, sorry, I won't buy because, like, I don't want to spend the money because, like, a, a, there's a certain reasonable element to my personality. But the majority of my personality is, like, be unreasonable and buy the biggest piece of shit vehicle that you can so you can drive around this boxy ass <laughs> vehicle. Uh, that will surely spell a disaster when the airbags don't deploy behind <laughs> the wheel. But man, I, I just love the aesthetics of them. I can't help it. I wish like there's some a lot of concept cars that are coming out. I don't like vehicle. Like I don't like cars. By the way, I'm like not a car guy. Not a car dude, bro. Not a car dude. But I do see some like every once in a while something leaks out of like a concept car for electric vehicles, and the ones that are the most exciting to me are the ones that kind of like replicate that aesthetic oh yeah like an early 90s volvo yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah exactly i'm I would... also not a car person but i also admire and uh kind of i don't know put on a pedestal those those types of cars get some wood paneling uh there yeah <laughs> if, if, if much like you, you, the the wardrobe item for f that you'd like to replicate with sharon stone if you ever find a great deal for a boxy vehicle i no, will let you know <laughs> he will drop unreasonable amounts of money and bankrupt himself <laughs> to drive a weird ass vehicle that'll... i think what you're thinking of is an early 90s volvo for, yeah for the most part yeah i feel like if you google early 90s volvo you'll see some You'll see some boxy ass cars. Yeah, exactly. Where did we even leave off here? Uh, where oh, they're bringing her in for questioning in her sexy outfit. This is the the what is un, un, unfortunately the well not unfortunate because it actually is kind of an interesting scene. It's unfortunate that they're they're apparently Sharon Stone's in a consent to or I don't maybe you can unpack what happens. I'm actually I, kind of stupid with yeah. what. With what happened i know that she uh, didn't feel comfortable on set which is not cool obviously but i don't know the true context so i don't recall the details i read about this recently that it was revealed that she did not fully consent or understand how that scene would play out which of course we're gonna get to where she uncrosses her legs and she's not wearing underwear and you basically see her vulva um i think it had i mean obviously she knew what she was doing with her legs but i think it had something to do with the fact that she didn't know how it would be lit maybe 
So mm. like, you know, you can, you can, you can, un, you can open your legs and think that it'll be kind of shaded. Right. But like, it's very, you can see her labia. Like it's very, yeah, like, yeah. it's extremely, you know, wearing out the pause button on the VCR kind of situation. <laughs> right. Um, so I don't recall the details, but I do recall being disappointed and disturbed to hear recently that she was not fully aware of and consenting to that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It sucks. But hey, Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's how they be, right? Oh, yeah. man. Um, I So when I was saying that, like, it, it's a great scene. I love the way that that simple act when when basically Nick reveals that he does have an attorney there for her to try to kind of like destabilize maybe her position in the interrogation scene, thinking that she's, you know, truly trying to play them off. Uh, she just like does that simple act and everybody just like, like, turns into like a wet puddle, like <laughs> yeah. a wet puddle. obviously it's a wet puddle or it's wet but you know what i mean like they just melt oh wayne knight's sweating <laughs> iconic so sweating perfect. and panting and licking his lips yeah. like a little dog like just so thirsty so thirsty as we would sit up today in today's slang we would say the way that they like exchange a glance they're like yeah. y'all yeah. see that <laughs> guys check out this hot lady she's right in front of us Oh, man. Uh, so, Mitch, uh, this is your first full time having watched the movie. Is that correct? Yes. Knowing that this scene is in the film, like, I guess, like, what was it like watching it for the first time? Like, I, I don't recall what it felt like. So I'm kind of like curious. So not specifically referring to the uh, singular moment that was mentioned. Yeah. But um, I think that the sequence is is great. I think that it's it's like you said, the reactions of the men, like just how quickly things turn and how stupid these men are made to look by her simply having a vagina. <laughs> really? What's that? You have genitals? Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, she's hot. And she opens her legs and immediately, like you said, everyone is just like done. Like they're completely inept at what they're trying to do. Um, so I think it's, it's funny in that way. I was also a little bit surprised at just how explicit the sort of uncrossing of the legs really was. Um, I guess I had never watched the the Blu-ray version of this movie before. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like the, there's, I guess there's a reason why this is so, uh, was so controversial. Um, but I think it's a really good scene. Um, and again, not just for that pervy reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess what the idea that they're setting up this whole time with her is that she derives and experiences sexual pleasure in a way that is not like the average woman, because there's a lot of stereotypes about how women, you know, find it harder to have orgasms or enjoy sex, mostly because of the lack of sex positivity in our culture. I'm waving my index finger around in the air right now, which you can't see. I'm doing my like high and mighty feminist speech but um i think the idea is that they're all like oh my god she really likes to fuck Woo. and that's like you know that's something that they you know don't often come across or experience um for whatever factors social factors those that's uh that's due to but i think partly they're salivating and sweating over you know her body and uncrossing her legs but they're, I think they're more salivating and sweating over the idea that she likes sex. They're like, oh, my God, a lady she, who enjoys doing it? Oh, never seen one of those before. So that's kind of an interesting dynamic as well. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, they're, they're literally slack-jawed Moppets at the end of the scene. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the way that it affects Nick, like we we talked about how she kind of like pushes him to like, f- like just further unravel. He like then goes to have really, really aggressive sex with Dr. Gardner, which mm. turned it's rape at the, the, the way that the scene like yeah. goes into. She's clearly like not okay with it at the end. Then she does reveal the fact that, and this is going to be incredibly important later on, um, after she's kind of like, you know, collecting herself and like, like I'm ready to fucking leave this weird lizard looking dude's house. <laughs> I, I would love to have a discussion about uh, Michael Douglas as as sex symbol, but you know, we'll save that. Um, save it for the V-neck. Yeah, save, yeah, save it for the V-neck. <laughs> sure. I'm curious. Uh, uh, for real. Uh, she, she reveals that Catherine had been uh, in some of her college classes, which will become very important down the road. So I'm just going to mm-hmm. plant that seed. And then it, we're basically going to start to like uncover a bunch of deaths surrounding Catherine, aside from Johnny Boz, as well as, you know, we, we already mentioned her parents. So we're, one of her professors has apparently been murdered. And what's truly important is the fact that it was also done with an ice pick. And what's even more concerning is that this person had been Catherine's counselor. And then, you know, we, we talked about the winding roads of it. Uh, it's set in San Francisco, right? Cause they have the, yeah, it's for sure. San Francisco. Yeah. There's an the, SFPD. SFPD. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so there's that, the, the winding road where he's tailing her and they're kind of like weaving in between uh, vehicles and it's shot in like some really long lenses. So you have like this, like, everything's compressed right so you have to get the sense that uh grant these these vehicles are probably further apart from one another and it's done in a much safer fashion but it looks so close that these like cars are like skimming out uh you know uh weaving in and out of ongoing traffic into directionally appropriate traffic uh and it's some like great stuff while he's tailing her to a location that will ultimately reveal uh, a few more deaths associated with, with Catherine. So we have Hazel Dobkins, uh, which is a person that um, apparently, uh, I, uh, do you remember the context for this? She kills her family. Is that correct? Yeah. We later find out. So first uh, shooter, I'm going to call him shooter. Shooter, yeah. <laughs> first Nikki, shooter. Nikki or shooter. Yeah. Either. First shooter tails Catherine in that car chase scene. And she ends up going to visit an older lady who looks like she's like in her sixties or so, which who, by the way is, an iconic Hollywood star, right? Yes. Is it, uh, is it, it Gina Rollins? Uh, no. I, I had it open. I forgot the name. God bless whoever she is because she's is amazing. It, and I'm, it Dorothy I, Malone. Dorothy Malone. I, I officially apologize for forgetting her name. So, so we don't know who she is right away. We know that Catherine went to visit her and they seem friendly and have a little hug and kiss on the cheek. And then later we find out that she murdered her entire family (laughs) and went to jail for like 10 years. And now she's out. Um, So she murdered her husband and her children. And uh, later Catherine tells us that she was visiting her to get information for the characters in her mystery novels, which, you know, could be true (laughs) or could they just could be friends because they like killing people. We, we, who's to, who's to say guys, what what is that friendship? I mean, that's towards the tail end, but she basically admits that she's collecting friends to write material. She goes to visit people who are killers or, you know, she claims that she's researching a detective by hanging out with shooter. Um, so a lot of the people, and she was researching a rock star by hanging out with club owner, Johnny Boz. So a lot of these people that are like kind of unsavory, she sort of has a, 
excuse or a justification for spending time with them. Like if she was to be questioned, say, why, hang, why are you hanging out with all these murderers, right? Um, yeah. She's always, oh, it's research. It's for my book. It's research. Yes. I mean, I love it. So clever. Gosh, she's smart. Oh, Catherine, I love you. (laughs) All right, Mitch, you're you're getting into the weeds now. You you don't know what's happening in this film. What are you like? Are you enjoying this? uh, Because this this is typically we're we're a tight 90 minute uh, family here. All of us. This is about a two hour and change film. Mm -hmm. Are, Are you are you on board with where this is going at this current juncture? Yeah, definitely. I think that for the entirety of this movie, it's never boring. There's never a moment where you're like, oh, looking at your watch or tempted to pull your phone out and scroll through Instagram or whatever. Um, it it const- like it has like uh, a, like Ivana said, great pacing. Yeah. You're you're always sort of like you said this, this cat and mouse and, and questioning. Okay, what's she doing here? What's going on? So every scene propels the movie forward and either you know adds questions or maybe answers some but then the next scene undoes those answers and presents new questions um so yeah i'm more than on board with uh with where we are here mitch is riveted <laughs> yeah Man, I, I i agree there's like nothing in this that is boring period. It, it, it's, it's a it's the movie version of a page turner yeah, for it's sure. literally you eating popcorn without looking down at the popcorn a single time. <laughs> You're just transfixed and just gob- gobbling kernels covered yeah. in butter and salt all over your fingers, wiping your hands on your shirt, like just, just nonstop. Then you reach into your pocket and you have a bag of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> then you sprinkle the cocaine onto the popcorn for a little seasoning. Oh, and now you're getting arrested. Oh, Why boy. Is that? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, uh, we already established this, but like, as you had said, uh, Catherine reveals to Nick that she was basically with uh, uh, Hazel to, to learn uh, about, uh, I guess, homicidal impulses, is, is what she says. Uh, and it's here where she, like, really truly. I think pushes Nick to the to the limit, asking him if he was had been on cocaine when he murdered all of those people that he had shot. Uh, maybe that's why his wife killed himself. And this is like a huge thing. So it's established that she knows that uh, earlier that Nick had been married, but at this point we don't know anything about that aside from the fact that they're not together. I think this is like a truly unique way to frame a character's backstory in a way that doesn't feel like exposition. It's just like mm-hmm. a really, really cool. Yeah. I've done my research. I know exactly who you are. Uh, and I'm, and I'm going to ruin your life uh, by that. Uh, from the perspective of Catherine, I mean like that. That's how she's kind of like treating all this information. It also informs the story because Nick's character is then like, how did she get this information? It's in my personal psychiatric file. So then she, he goes to like Jean Triplorn's characters, uh, Dr. Gardner for like, shrink, how- yeah, the shrink how did how did she get my information and then Except in a lot more angry uh, yeah. shouting yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. Sucks. people Trips. around <laughs> <laughs> like he, she you know just to say beth the 
shrink character is very visibly physically afraid of him when he comes into her office i mean he did yeah. just sexually assault her recently yeah. um but also he started physical fights with his co-workers at the office like he's yeah. just guys on the edge he's yeah. really just dangling by a thread with every moment that goes I mean, by like, he literally goes from this assault to another assault because she's oh, like yeah. oh i gave this information sorry the the person who would have access to this information is we there's a, a scene that we left out but uh, because there's so many like amazing scenes in this that actually do deliver information which is valuable to the yeah. story but like we can't spend the whole time talking about it but there's a bar scene where uh he kind of like gets down the alcohol rabbit hole again for his character yeah. and uh an ia character uh lieutenant nilsen basically is like oh you, you getting drunk again shooter and like just pushing him and pushing him and pushing him and it, it's revealed that this person is the person who would would have had access to this file mm -hmm. uh so he then goes and you know strong arms this person you really really quickly gets like suspended yeah. <laughs> very reasonably so um, the michael douglas performance is so good at turning on a dime into a completely unhinged uh, like hair on fire type of guy, like in the bar scene where he's like, quit riding me, man. Like, it's so, <laughs> and he was calm just a second ago. Like, you know, nothing says normal, like a person who just explodes when you question them about having a whiskey. Perfectly normal, yeah. fine, calm, together person. So yeah, I, I think Michael Douglas, you know, say what you will about Michael Douglas. He's had his ups and downs. I think this is a fantastic performance the way he just like flies off the handle at a moment's notice for about anything over anything yeah. it's yeah. great it's what great. happens even in single lines there's so many like single lines in this movie where it starts off sort of low and then by the end he's just sweeping yeah. the lines at the first <laughs> he one. takes it zero to 100 <laughs> real quick as drake would say yeah. <laughs> oh man yeah I, man it's fantastic and, and of course in, in true like you know noir fashion the, the person who uh, he's just gotten in trouble with turns up dead. Uh, so mm. so Nilsson ends up murdered. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's done with the same service weapon that Nick would possess. So he's further implicated in yet another kind of... Uh, uh, man, I'm losing my words here. He, he's crime? Just, he's, yeah, he's implicated in like another crime. He's and this is where they take his, his badge and gun away. He gets suspended. Yes, he because gets they full... think he killed his fellow officer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I... Because go ahead. Sorry. I just wanted to mention one very small moment that probably most people would think nothing of, but that was just like a perfect silly thing in this movie. When he comes in, uh, and it's Lieutenant Nilsson, uh, and he's like has his physical altercation with him, and he has to be restrained. I think it's Mitch Pelegi or Pelegi, yeah. however you pronounce the last name, pulls his gun out and yeah. puts it like to I his mouth. I saw that too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, it's a, that's a lot. Wild. That's a lot. Um, but like I said, it's just such a small little thing that I, I found to be quite uh, entertaining that I wanted to mention. But yeah. It's yeah. Stuff. So I, I think what is also very interesting with this movie is that I think you could take all of those kind of like secondary character actors that are populated in this movie you could probably replace them with Michael Douglas in terms of like how they would handle everything. Like, <laughs> it looks like they're all ready to just like, I'm going to snap. People are not having... together. People are really not together. Yeah. Well, and I don't think that there's a single female officer or detective or anyone no. that works in this uh, in the San Francisco Police Department. Oh, there is one black officer. That's true. Yeah. Thanks, Calvert Hoban. Good, good diversity. 
he's nailing it for sure yeah uh, it's funny how when shooter gets suspended from his cop job he considers that to be like oh now i have more free time to get into worse and worse trouble and shit <laughs> and try to solve this crime that i'm no longer responsible for and fall for this crazy psychopath woman oh yeah so much free time what should i do with it that's what i'll do Instead of being like, maybe I should chill. Maybe I should go to rehab. Maybe I should <laughs> work on myself. <laughs> maybe like get myself together. Personal development. He's spiraling. There would be um, no film without his spiraling, but he's spiraling. I, I love that. Uh, he uses, in his defense, he uses uh, basically Catherine's own defense for her. Like, she wrote the book. Yeah. Therefore, why would she commit the murder? Right. He's like, why would I harangue the officer before I murder him? He just uses the same defense, and it's like yeah. very, very. Funny. And he copies her. He copies her all the time. Like when yeah, she yeah. quips, "What do you do? Arrest me for smoking?" And then he says it later. It's because he thinks that she's so cool, and he's not cool enough to date her. And he just wants to aspire to be as cool as she is. And who wouldn't? Like, look at her. Yeah. Hashtag he just wants not, to be together. I'm not advocating for murder, but but she's so cool, guys. <laughs> She's got the boxy car. She has the clothes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we're now at the titular. Uh, well, it's not titular, but I want to call it that. Iconic. Iconic knit V-neck. Yes, the club scene. <laughs> the club scene. The club now, scene. I, I want you to, man. I wish we could just like have you all pause, like not pause the stream. Like we'll keep going. I just want you to watch that dance scene because Such a good scene as soon as we're done just like watch it one more time just for me and i want you to do one thing pick out any extra and just watch them <laughs> in the club scene because like you spend all of your time like oh man sharon stone is killing it michael douglas is killing it and you're not paying attention pay attention to the extras they're their own michael douglas and sharon stones in this club scene they're going so hard where did they find these extras it's like <laughs> they're all like oscar award nominee background extras like they're it's, going it's hard. hard they're going super hard the um, other thing we'll say about the club scene is so i watched this last night with my partner Corey, who had never seen it before so that was fun to watch it through watch it through his eyes and one observation he made about the club scene is like these days it would never be that well lit and i don't mean the club exactly i mean this new penchant for dark scenes in movies where you have to like turn your stupid tv's contrast up just to see what's <laughs> happening between the characters and the narrative um, so I think part of the reason why it's so fun to watch the extras doing their wild dance moves and crazy sequined outfits. I really like the go-go dancers. There's two, there's a man and a woman who are, mm. who are really fun and entertaining. It's like, actually they were like, no, we need to light this so that viewers can see the movie. Like that seems yeah. to be something that is lost on today's filmmakers. So, yeah. um, but yeah, there is quite a lot going on. Yeah. Huge fan. All right. Now, now we can talk about the attire. Like oh, I, I please, mean, you could spend let's... the whole podcast just talking about clothes, but yeah. <laughs> knit V-neck. Mitch, I'm going to give you the floor because you're like really keen and I, I respect the, the energy and whatever you got to say, say it. I mean, it's, uh, it was both surprising, but not for this character to show up at the club <laughs> in a knit green deep v-neck so deep too uh, <laughs> yeah and i don't know if michael douglas is just naturally hairless but there's there's nothing there's no chest hair there's nothing that's just smooth pecs. lizard skin yeah those lizard pecs it was pretty pretty great uh again like you said it's it's such an odd choice to wear to the club but for this character it's just like of course 
of course, this is what he thought was a cool outfit to wear to uh, to the nightclub. Yeah, it's like so. Th- some of the characters are dressed like they're at a club, but there's a lot of like normal attire that kind of like makes it maybe make sense that this like works in the greater context of the club, but it is still like a knit V-neck at a club. Like he's going to be rubbing up against Sharon Stone. It's going to be wooly, uncomfortable. <laughs> Nobody's enjoying that. Like, no. why do you think that is what you wear? You're going to be yeah. hot and sweaty. And- there's nothing. I mean- you know, we're joking around about it, but it's an it's like another millionth example of what I love about this film, which is that he's just constantly out of his element. Yeah, he yeah. Is, he needs to stay in his lane, and his lane is not a cool murderess. It's, it's way that's way out of his league. Yeah. Um. So the V neck is just him being like, ah, ah, what do I wear to the club? Oh, uh, maybe this V neck. <laughs> ah. We're missing a scene of him agonizing at a yeah. wardrobe. <laughs> We need one of those montage, like set to music montages, where a character comes twirling out of a closet, trying on different outfits yeah. during a shopping scene. Him, him and his partner uh, just sitting there on the bed watching and being yeah, like, "Yeah, eh, yeah, you know, this yeah, one's okay." That's it. That's it. And then the V-neck comes out, and they're all like, "Thumbs up!" Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh man! It, uh, so the, this scene is is another great scene. They're all great. I'm like, I'm gonna keep saying it over and over and over again. But uh, we have. Uh, we have Roxy and Catherine who are both on cocaine and being composed on like a certain someone uh, and they're dancing together. And then, you know, Nick gets in the mix and rubs his woolly sweater all over Sharon Stone's Gross. Catherine character. It's, it's uncomfortable. It's weird. Roxy is yeah. clearly nonplussed by all of this though. And that's going to become very, very important yeah. because uh, she comes to uh, basically, well, I mean, they have sex, but, I do want to mention one thing. So after the club, Catherine brings Nick back to her apartment for some sex. Actually, I'm unclear if it's a hotel room or their apartment because she kind of like leaves him there at some point. And oh, it's her house in the city. Oh, right. And okay. that's and then Roxy's there because Roxy just hangs around there because the first time they came to interrogate Catherine, Roxy was there. Yes. Um, it's her house in the city. And then she leaves a note saying she went to the beach. Unclear why she wouldn't wake him up and take him with her to the right. beach. But I mean, he's just not worth it. Yeah, he's, he's, he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> he's dead. Leave him at home. So, uh, uh, I, the, this movie frames him uh, in the way that, like, most like male lecherous directors will like frame women. So mm. he's like over top of her. He's prying, like, like peeling off his, his sweaty <laughs> V-neck the, uh, wool sweater. That uh, <laughs> yeah, with the two hands pulling it off. Yeah, uh, it is. It is truly funny and enjoyable. Um, and this, obvi- this not obviously, but it leads to him being tied up by uh, Catherine. But thankfully, he's not ice picked. Um, however, not this Rock- time. Not this time. Basically, the film has set it up so that anytime any characters have sex, you're expecting someone to get murdered with an ice pick during the sex scene. It's great. It's great. It adds a little fun to the to the eroticism. You know. Well, they've got the. Like- fake outs too you get like the music cues and that's the right hands like moving in the same sort of fashion like maybe they're reaching for a nice pick and then falling forward really fast but then yeah. they're not no way and, and the camera will do an interesting thing where it'll follow the 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 like Catherine's character while she like goes back and then it stays there and she lunges forward and then it follows yeah. her motion uh delayed a beat and then it reveals yeah. like it's, it's good stuff yeah I'm it's great fan. I think it's funny that they refer to the uh, the sex as sadomasochistic 
because they were tied up with like their hands were tied with a scarf and like that. Oh, man. <laughs> That's what it is. It's all I will up. say though, speaking of the sexiness, you don't we did you get treated to a whole lot of sex in this movie. You yeah. know? Yeah. And I feel like even in today's erotic thrillers, not that I've seen very many, actually last week I was in the mood for an erotic thriller and I and I watched Deep Waters, starring Ben Affleck and Anna de Armas, which is not very good. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though it's supposed to be a sexy erotic thriller, there's like almost no sex in it. There's like maybe one or two little sex scenes, a couple of boobs here and there. But in Basic Instinct really delivers, you know, we were speaking about the graphic violence at the start, but they really there's a lot of extended protracted sex scenes with detail and a lot of boobs like it's really, you know, they're basically like, oh, you pay your ticket, your movie ticket price. Here you go. Like, get your money's worth. You know, I love that. I agree. hundred percent. It's a subgenre that I want to come back michael douglas's naked body so much i don't know that it's right <laughs> not the most exciting visual piece i agree i agree human lizard michael douglas <laughs> it's so fucking awkward <laughs> in the sex scene too like shoving his fingers in her mouth yeah. and yeah he's weird this guy just like he's not it no uh, it's komodo <laughs> dragon body <laughs> guys you're so right oh we're shaming him i'm oh. sorry i don't mean don't to. stop body shaming iconic nepotism baby michael Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> the nepo baby yeah he's the ultimate uh there are no body doubles in this so you know that ass is his mm. um, yeah but uh yeah uh so uh as a result of all of this roxy does try to it isn't revealed to initially be Roxy, but somebody in Catherine's vehicle tries to run down uh, Michael Douglas's Nikki slash shooter. Um, and a car chase ensues that results in uh, Catherine's vehicle going off like a barricade uh, where it's like an unfinished, almost like in speed, mm-hmm. which Jan DeMont, director of photography, would go on to direct. That's right. You know, car veers off the the through the barricade and then in a much more realistic fashion than this movie comes crashing to the ground. <laughs> uh, and it's revealed that Roxy was behind the wheel. Um, and it's now that we kind of get uh, another revelation. Uh, you know, we've been talking about Catherine collecting murderers and because uh, she was a minor when her, uh, the, the events surrounding her crime occurred, uh, her documents were unsealed and revealed that she had killed her two brothers uh, which I, Giovanni, you can probably correct me here or, or, or Mitch, cause, uh, I am brain dead, but she was also running a book about, uh, a family unit with murders to correct Or am I wrong? I don't remember that. I yeah. I could be Harry wrong. Stone's character was writing a book. Catherine's character, Sharon Stone's character, uh, was writing a book, another book, uh, that had already been published. She, she like hands him another novel that isn't the that isn't the the rock star murder death. Oh, it's it's the one she wrote about the orphan who kills their parents. Oh, okay, never mind. And then. it's never mind. it's meant to be a reference to her parents her dying parents. in a boat accident. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, I don't think I, I I'm not sure at what point it's revealed, but uh, they do reveal that the boat uh, gas line had been cut, and that's the result of the yeah. the explosion. I don't yeah. know at what, what point that occurs, but uh, I don't think I'm going to mention it. But the implication is that she is more than likely the result. Or the uh, uh, the cause of, of of you know the her parents' murder. Yeah. All right. Cool. So we have Roxy. Uh, she's dead. Uh, revealed to R. be R. a murderer. R.I.P. Roxy. R.I.P. Roxy. I really liked her character, to be honest. Yeah, I kind me of too. Wish, 
uh, I wanted more rocks. I wanted to understand uh, more about the relationship. But again, this is already a long movie, so it's kind of hard to... Another amazing outfit, I just have to say, Roxy's mm -hmm. kind of rhinestone-studded vest with nothing underneath. Oh, yeah. yeah good, good stuff. Perfect Super good 90s stuff. outfit. For real. Uh, she has a really nice leather jacket, too. Like, it, mm -hmm. it's so good stuff. Um, Catherine, we already talked about it, but at this point, Catherine does uh, explain her like odd consortium of murderers uh, as research for for her novels, um, and then she tells Nick slash Nikki slash Shooter, uh, someone has been obsessed with her and stalking her in college, and this is Lisa uh, uh, Oberman is what Nick initially believes it to be her last name, but it will be revealed that it's Hoberman actually, uh, but this is none other than Doctor Gardner. And I love this sequence where he like initially tries to figure out who this person could have been. And then she, he goes to Catherine and it's like, there's nobody named Lisa Oberman at that. Whatever, like whatever college she had gone to. Uh, she said, I said Hoberman. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking idiot. Also, it's very, it's very clear that she's spoon feeding him information to make, to lead him into whatever information she wishes for him to find out. Whereas again, he's got this illusion of mastery where he's like, oh, I'm really figuring stuff out and solving this crime because I'm so smart and cool. But really she's just, she, he's a little puppy on a leash basically. Oh, 150%. Um, so Catherine does establish the story that Dr. Gardner was in fact obsessed with her and would you know dress like her change her hair to look like her and would just you know they had uh they had sex and and she just became like obsessed with her uh when nick confronts dr gardner about uh basically it's also revealed that dr gardner had been married before so he'd been shot uh, also a doctor two doctors gene Triplehorn's fictitious husband has been shot uh in the head and had died uh, but not only that, um, uh, Nikki's kind of trying to get some information from another, just like a uniformed officer. And it's revealed that somebody else had been trying to look into this murder. And it was none other than Nilsson, I believe. Right. I believe so. Yep. Yes. Uh, showing that maybe there, maybe, uh, Nilsson had been in a relationship potentially with Catherine. Maybe be re reading into this too much, but in, in my mind, Something similar that's happening to Nick had happened to Nielsen already where, you know, she wanted the information from uh, Dr. Gardner, got it, fed it to uh, Catherine, and then, you know, was looking into the, the murder behind um, uh, Dr. Gardner's husband. Is, is, am I incorrect or I don't know? Maybe we're reading into it too much. Uh, maybe I, <laughs> yeah. I created a rich I could, narrative in my head could say for certain <laughs> i think there is a lot of i mean i've seen this movie six times i think there's a lot of like loose strings shall we say yeah that's the point right like yeah. you're supposed to kind of be like did they did that is that what that really yeah. i'd be curious of the the, the nilson side of things granted he was a piece of shit but you mm -hmm. know what i mean uh kind of curious as to what would happen there the best um, was when they asked shooter oh are you sorry he's dead and he goes well, I don't miss him. <laughs> like, that's not how you get out of being accused of a murder. Like, Jesus uh, Christ, man. Yeah. Um, People don't know how to claim innocent. Like, he, they're just so um, flippant about it. But hey, I'd be like, it wasn't me. <laughs> like, just, you know, just an idea. Just shouts at them and storms out of the, yeah, the room basically. shortly thereafter. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's doing well, man. <laughs> He's doing great. God, this guy needs help. Uh, I love that. After So at this point, uh, Catherine has finished her book that she'd been writing on a detective. Uh, it's revealed that, you know, she'd been, you know, she had some information on Nick at her at her beach home that he saw. And she reveals early in the film that she's running a book on him. I don't know if we talked about that at all, but uh, just so that's established. Uh, at this point in the story, Catherine is finished with her book and also finished with him, which I love. Yeah. I got some great stuff. Uh, and, you know, we're at the tail end of the film here. So we have uh, Gus, who is Nick's uh, partner, who we have failed to discuss. He, uh, in one scene, is at a cowboy bar wearing a bolo, and it's great. He's super drunk. Uh, we, we didn't talk about it. It's another great scene that just like it, it doesn't merit a, a full description in terms of, you know, trying to make somebody who hasn't seen this movie understand it. But, you know, just just fun stuff that I'm glad I, I can I can watch it in the context of this film. He's, the a, he's a great side character uh, who also has some some good lines as well. Oh, he's uh, his character is pretty awesome. Yeah. What is he? What is it? What is his nickname for Nick again? Hoss. Hoss. Yeah. Ah oh, man, uh, I'm sighing because Gus is sadly we haven't really discussed him. He's an awesome character. The good guy good likes guy. to go to country western night at the local watering hole. You know, get a little drunk and say yeah. some inappropriate things at a diner afterwards. <laughs> that's right. That's we right. all know these people. Just so your average regular run of the mill <laughs> Joe. But yeah, I'm I'm feeling for Gus because his yeah. partner's going off the rails and he keeps trying to warn him. Yeah. He keeps trying to warn him that Sharon Stone basically has him pussy whipped. He'll feel forgive the, <laughs> the terminology. Um, and Ooh. Shooter is having none of it. He's like, you, no, don't worry, man. Don't worry. I got this. And yeah. Gus is like, I don't think you do, though, buddy. <laughs> I think the exact line that Gus says is, She's got that cum laude pussy. That, <laughs> a magna uh, cum laude pussy. Yeah. But then fry your way. brain. Yeah. <laughs> so, so many good many, lines. Yeah. So oh, much man. good dialogue. Yeah. Uh, Gus uh, has received word that Catherine Trammell's uh, old roommate, who will blow the lid off this whole entire thing, mm. is holed up in, in an apartment building. Uh, he's going to go in and investigate and, uh, you know, Nick's like, I want to come too, man. And he's like, you're suspended, man, or you're suspended hoss. Mm-hmm. You know, stay in the car. That's where you belong because you're not fit to be a police officer. Uh, and he, he goes into the apartment building in, in a very, like, amazing sequence in the elevator that feels like a little bit like dressed to kill. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, he's basically like, you know, he's he's heading up towards the floor where he believes his apartment uh, to exist it will later be revealed that this apartment the number doesn't even exist in the building which is uh a- another like good beat but uh you know it's dinging on every floor the music is fantastic uh and then you know the door opens and somebody wearing like a, a black rain slicker uh you know we see blonde hair and then the ice pick being wielded high above uh, and Gus is dispatched in pretty horrific fashion. At this point, Nick is like, something's wrong. He like, 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 and it's perfect for his character. Somebody who's watching this movie who might be like, oh, it's kind of dumb that he just like all of a sudden rushes into the apartment. But we talked about how his personality is largely 
uh, like a calm, neutral level, and then just he explodes and goes mm-hmm. off and does something, whether it be yelling at somebody, whether it be like assaulting somebody, he just like immediately explodes from the vehicle and then rushes into the apartment and sadly comes across, you know, Gus's dead body. Oh, uh, Gus. And then Jean Triplehorn's character of Dr. Gardner appears saying that she was told to, you know, uh, be there. I can't remember what her, what she was told as her reasoning. But, she had uh, a voicemail uh, to meet Gus there. I think, yeah. Was what yeah. Said. Okay, cool. Uh, and she's fiddling in her part par- in her pocket and, and she's kind of approaching uh shooter who has his gun out, obviously. Uh, and he sadly dispatches Jean Triplehorn's Dr. Gardner, killing her. Um, and then when, you know, police converge on the scene, they discover that there is a like SFPD rain slicker along with a like blonde wig and an ice pick in the hallway. And then there's an orgy of evidence at her apartment uh, that, you know, it has like everything linking her to Johnny Bose, the, the rock star club owner guy uh, to uh, detective Nielsen or Lieutenant Nielsen, uh, the, the revolver that dispatched him uh, thus establishing her as the perpetrator of all the crimes of the film. Essentially. Beth, no, I know God. I, I, this is, so, this is, it's all sad and great stuff, but, I, her character gets done so dirty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I have to ask, you've been, obviously, you're a huge fan of the elevator sequence. Mitch, were you also just like, this is like some great suspense thriller stuff here? Yeah, it was an awesome sequence. Like you said, the the music coupled with the sort of slow build of the elevator stopping, the doors mm-hmm. opening, something going to happen? No. Nope. Doors closing. <laughs> Same thing. It's oh, great. sorry. Yes. If it's great. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm doing the motions with my hands on the on the webcam here. Um, but yeah, makes no, sense it's, for everybody, it's a great yeah. exercise in building tension. Yeah, cool. Um, our our final sequence, uh, still believing Catherine to be uh, a party to the greatest sex he's ever had. Uh, he jumps into bed. Uh, Nick jumps into bed with her again. Uh, will Catherine dispatch him at the climax? Mm. No. However, she reaches low. <laughs> Uh, beneath the bed but stops herself uh, and said the two embrace one final time and uh, it's then revealed as as we pan down or we pedestal down to the the, the, the floor beneath the bed uh, there's an ice pick an ice pick it's great I love yeah, this movie so great so um, great I, like we don't need to like we'd all recommend this movie to anybody, I would recommend it to anybody, regardless of what their taste is. This this is a movie for all peoples, perhaps not those under eighteen, maybe. Um, but yeah. otherwise, <laughs> maybe twelve, maybe twelve. Let's call 12, it twelve. Sure. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to show it to my daughter when she's like three or four. Let's put it that way. But uh, I would recommend this movie to anybody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, hands down. Question, guys. Mm-hmm. Do you think? So I always thought there was something to this idea that Shooter, like, um, shoots too many people in his, in his, <laughs> he accidentally shoots too many people. He pulls his gun out too quick. And um, there's some, there's a few different inferences to this being a corollary to him maybe being sexually inexperienced or like basically like ejaculating too soon. Is that 
did I imagine that? And my favorite of these little kind of hints about it is in the opening scene where they're investigating Johnny Boss's dead body and Michael Douglas accidentally turns the stereo on <laughs> and it comes on really loud and everybody's like, what the? And he's like, oh, sorry, sorry. He's like fiddling with the buttons. Like, I just feel like he's just like, he just like comes too soon, you know? <laughs> so... I mean, like in movies, uh, when they show sex, obviously it's like, you know, three pumps yeah. and, and sex is over and everybody's yeah. had a great time, which yeah. is not Where reality. Is how sex <laughs> that, yeah, for sure, right? <laughs> I wouldn't know. I've never had sex before. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently a lot of people who have made movies also have never had yeah, sex right. before. <laughs> but uh so the the there's a scene where obviously he he like like he rapes uh dr gardner mm. but it, it's like literally it's like two pumps and he's like it oh. literally is yeah yeah <laughs> his like lizard gizzard neck just Ugh. like you know pulsates <laughs> um so i think yes to answer that the, the explaining like it's, uh, it's a long-winded way of saying yes and i, I think, think the that fact that uh catherine trammell is set up as this very like experienced and she often says that she likes to experiment and she likes to you know men who give her pleasure so she's very she's very clearly having long drawn out complex sex with like probably lots of different moves and positions and toys and like you know you know she's having like three hour orgy sex marathons with like very creative manners of doing it if i may say and then you know i think the dichotomy there between her and shooter just being like oh i'm gonna put it in oh i came like (laughs) that kind of um i think that's kind of the crux of the of the two of them right but then after his, uh, oh, I came, is, wasn't that the best fuck yeah, yeah. you ever had? <laughs> oh, I think it was the fuck of the century. Oh, right. man. Oh, uh, shooter. I, in, in further defense of your opinion, uh, so when she's initially being questioned about Johnny Boz's murder, she was like, I would never tie him up because I liked him to use his hands because mm. he, he knew how to use them. And then he's like, well, did, like, do you do other people you have them tie their hands up it's like well it depends if like i think there's an implication of if they can use them then i won't but if yeah. they can't yeah i will if they're and useless then, to me yeah and then she also has him ha- have his hands tied up uh during i think the second or the f- i think it's the second sex encounter that they have uh she she ties up which is almost to say like oh your first outing like okay bud like we're taking the hands away <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah. You, you, you've lost the privilege amateur uh, hour yeah amateur hour so yeah. we're, gonna, we're gonna tie you up this time uh, and i think even his outbursts right like the way in the in the bar scene where he's like quit riding me man it's very much <laughs> like a guy who like just gets it just heats up a little too quick you know yeah, <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> oh man i think so, yes sorry go, go ahead, ahead. Uh, well, I, w- I was going to go in a different, uh, slightly different direction. So if you have a... <laughs> no, a please. No, well, no. You, you had mentioned this before, and I kind of wanted to get to it, and it's something we've discussed uh, in previous episodes, which is the the hot or not thing. And oh, yes. Michael Douglas, uh, like you said, as a, like a sex symbol, if oh, anyone God. would call him that. Um, how do we feel about Michael Douglas? Are we all on the same page with the sort of you know gross and he's not even that old in this movie but i still yeah, know so I think he, this movie was what 92 is that right yes 92 uh, so, and yeah. he's currently 70 something so that would make him about 40 in the movie yeah it's not that, that old. is bananas why 
he looks like 70 in that in in basic instinct <laughs> right yeah yeah um yeah i mean look i'm just googling pictures of young michael douglas right now as we speak <laughs> um i wouldn't i think as a as a younger man he had a bit of a charm a kind of charm uh but no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that he is hot specifically no yeah. not in this movie or in general yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking I'm at looking photos at now too, and I'm like, there's like certain angles where I'm like, yeah, maybe he's like, all right. There's a charm. Yeah, there's a kind of like facial charm in some photos of him as a younger man, but no, I wouldn't use the word hot. So in this movie, no, he's 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 not. But there's like other photos where I'm like, yeah, it's like a six out of ten, which I yeah. guess like puts him over the hump to a hot. I guess. Yeah. I, I don't like, know that you six out of ten would classify as hot. No, but like, yeah. like, so <laughs> it's a but scale like more so zero side of hot than not. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't These know. are the debates that you listen to this show for. Mm-hmm. Who's hot? Who's not? That's right. We just do a hot or not show. Would that be super, <laughs> that'd be problematic though. Now, I guess. Sharon Probably. Stone, there's a hottie. Excuse me. I fully agreed. She's wonderful in this movie. Yeah. yeah She's got a great face too. I think. You know, she reminds me a little bit of Margot Robbie because she's like a tall, statuesque, icy blonde who's very conventionally beautiful, but also has a lot of range with her facial expressions. Because sometimes, you know, sometimes women get famous for being extremely beautiful and they're not very good at acting. I'm sure you've, I'm yeah. sure you've seen, I'm sure you've yeah, seen we've this happen. Yeah. Um, and look, I'm not saying Sharon Stone is like, she's no, you know, ultimate she's no Kate Blanchett let's say mm-hmm. but I think she has a lot of um, nuances in her facial expressions just like like you said the smirk she has when they tell her that he, uh, Johnny was killed with an ice pick she really that's there's these really little nuanced facial expressions that I really like the way she does so yeah. uh, props yeah. to Sharon Stone and I think that I mean I'm sure there were other actresses who could have played this mm-hmm. part but she is She's perfect for it. Yeah, and absolutely yeah, perfect. From what I read uh, after watching the movie, it was like Michael Douglas didn't want her, like he wanted an A-list actress to be in the movie. And it was some of the names that were he wanted were Julia Roberts, Michelle, mm. Pfeiffer, <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer, Gina Davis. And I'm like, I just mm. don't know that. No. This movie just doesn't work in my mind. It's, if you have it's Julia perfect Roberts for Sharon Stone. It's perfect for her. Yeah. yeah. Plus, like, Julie Roberts is way too careful with, like, her image to, mm. to ever, like, do a film like this, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I guess, uh, uh, so are we, we're, are we not or hot? For Sharon? No, sorry, for Michael Douglas. Do we land on, like, a general? I think we're a no on Michael Douglas. Not, okay, we're I no. think it was yeah. a unanimous no. He no. yeah. can be okay. He's cute. I would use the word cute. He looks slimy, man. Mm. Like uh, he leaves like a I slick mean, of oil in his wake. Well, I his hair is also very like slicked back. That's oh, it. That hair slicks back if, real nice. <laughs> I wonder if we think he's slimy because he's played a lot of iconic slimy roles, like Wall Street, right? Like we just, yeah, I just associate him with his slimy characters. Yeah, yeah, like uh, yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's probably it. Also, like in general, the character is slimy. Like mm-hmm. I don't want oh, it yeah. to be like some like slick uh like 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 uh i don't know what a, a modern example would be like a like a jake gyllenhaal or something like that like that would be an ill-fitting right casting. you don't want him to be someone who's too handsome to be kind of i don't know 
dirty. Yeah. I want them dirty. Dirty. And also he's, <laughs> what's yeah. that word? He's incompetent, right? Yeah, yeah. He's incompetent. And I think subconsciously our human brains associate handsomeness with competence. That's why like taller people are more likely to get hired for jobs and stuff. Yeah. So like they need someone who looks less competent. And I think yeah. Michael Douglas does that. <laughs> Well, one of the great things we've we mentioned Hitchcock a couple of times and yeah. the great things about this movie is that it takes traditional sort of the tropes of, you know, noir film and certain Hitchcock things, but then it turns them on their head. Like in a Hitchcock mm -hmm. movie, it's going to be Cary Grant or Jimmy Stewart in this role who are just like, you know, the, the handsome, straight laced white guy. Uh, and then you've got Michael Douglas, who is like the opposite who's just like spiraling out of control yeah. and you know we've compared him to a lizard several times <laughs> you know, totally and just like sleazy and gross and terrible at what he's doing totally um, which i love about this movie yeah i love the score every yeah. time there's a driving scene through the mountains by the cliffs and the beach house it's just got this like little violin-y thing. I'm not going to try to sing it, but you know what I mean? It's this little <laughs> violin-y thing. It's like, da, 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 da. Yeah. like that was a terrible impression, but yeah, it's great. Great yeah, score. I, even like the, 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 the club scene, the, there's like, it's like a nine, it's nineties, obviously. So it's, yeah. it's not like it, it, it's, it's aged, but there's like an undercurrent to like the melody of what's playing. That is like also very, very good. Oh. No complaints. Interesting. No complaints. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, huge fan of the music. Scores great. Yeah, Jean de Bont, fantastic. Yeah. Why don't we do? Uh, should we do Purgatories now? How's yeah, that sound? Sure. All right, cool. Yeah, I mean, I, this, it's probably hard for you, Mitch, because like this is the odd. I this movie rips. Um, yeah. Well, so I so mean, what I, what did you like first? All right, so we'll do worst performance, then worst scene. How's that sound? sure i don't know that i even have you can't it's a perfect film like there's no nobody that stands out in this movie as being like even just like a mediocre yeah. actor like even line deliveries that are like ridiculous are so much fun like i mentioned the steven tobolowski yeah or his his partner gus like saying some silly things but they're just delivered with such you know vigor or you know energy that's just it's great I, I i don't know that i can pick uh a bad actor or my least favorite actor in the movie because everybody right. in it serves a purpose and honestly same thing with my least favorite scene like i was struggling to after the movie be like which scene would i say was my least favorite and i don't know that there is one i mentioned before every scene in this movie propels the movie forward there's not a boring scene even you mentioned the like the cowboy uh <laughs> right. good. It's like, sure it's not like essential to uh, the plot necessarily uh in some ways but it's still a great scene it still gives you great things in it um so i i, I mean you mentioned at the beginning is this a perfect movie i don't know but i have very <laughs> few like if any complaints about the movie i think it's as close to perfect as a movie can get i think yeah uh it's it's bananas to think that this has a splat on rotten tomatoes what's a like splat a, like a like a, a sub 60 percent what uh people are insane you score, know i yeah. no longer trust the taste of the general population they're I, idiots i, I really I can't i cannot abide by general opinions absolutely not is this a movie that has been like reclaimed because i feel like uh when I came out, yes. I, I mean, I don't imagine if the, if that's the Rotten Tomato score that the reviews were very good. Mm. I watched uh, on YouTube uh, Siskel and Ebert reviewing the movie. Okay, um, 
and they did not like it at mm-hmm. all. Um, which is not all that surprising. Yeah. Um, for a couple of stuffy. Uh, yeah, I think there's been some revisionism and some kind of, uh, you know, bringing to light the positive aspects of the film that were initially ignored. Yeah. Because I think, I think when it first came out, I mean, I was a kid, obviously I didn't see it. I was like seven. Um, but I feel like people thought that it was a very straightforward, dramatic, serious film, which it isn't. It, it's a playful yeah. film. It's a yeah. fun film, just like many Hitchcock films. It plays with your expectations. It plays with the genre, with gender, um, and it's sexy, right? Like you're never gonna have you're not gonna, you're never gonna have a serious serious drama that has that much you know partying and sex and shooting in it. It's just fun. It's a fun romp. Yeah. And so maybe the mistake that people made when it first came out was to take it too seriously. Yeah, I and like there's a. Obviously, the criticism that like Sharon Stone's character is bi and is a murderer mm-hmm. for circular. This, but that's missing the point that she like owns everybody in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my rebuttal to that criticism yeah. is: Have you considered that she's awesome? Yeah, <laughs> have you seen her clothes? Hello, <laughs> she's friggin' cool. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess like this came out probably what like a year or two after Sense of the Lambs. And I, like, maybe that was part of the, the, the backlash towards it. I mean, there's always been a lot of sensitivity about the portrayal of queer and trans people, because 100%. if they, if, if a queer trans character does any kind of lying or, um, you know, violence or anything, then it's considered to be an indictment of all queer and trans people. And understandably so, because a lot of those stereotypes are really harmful. But yeah. I, I think I think I don't think Sharon Stone is in any way cast in a bad light. And I say this about a character who is a serial murderer. Like I <laughs> yeah. really, she's the she's the feel good protagonist. She's a killer and a liar, and she's the feel good protagonist of this film. It's a real serial mom. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> <laughs> you just, she's you know she uh-huh. kind of becomes like your you're cheering for her throughout the yeah. film. I think right. Yeah. yeah oh yeah for sure way to go Catherine. woo yeah i mean like i'm on board with all that i guess like so, so the purgatories are obviously a bust now like yeah so i mean the, spoiler, do, do, the sharon stone would have been my and then best performance in the movie i guess like yeah. i'm curious about what would be your favorite scene though mm. more than performance because that's obviously oh, many good ones exactly it's tough um and i i struggled with it and again not for the pervy reasons that you may think, but I do love the <laughs> interrogation sequence just for how ridiculous it makes all of these. Like you basically have a whole wall of fucking you know, old white dudes uh, just looking ridiculous at yeah. this one. Like it, you would think that it would be incredibly intimidating. You're in this interrogation room. You're a solo young female surrounded by all these older detectives and i don't know if there are other higher ranking people there who are all sort of staring down at you about this murder that maybe you just committed and yet she's totally in control of the situation and with a simple uncrossing of her legs like you said everyone just they all just fall apart uh (laughs) and can't do anything like it's it's just a it's a wonderful scene um, so I, I I went with that as my favorite thing. And, you know, I realize that this film is not exactly beholden to reality, shall we say? Like, I'm not yeah. judging it against the standards of reality, but police interrogation rooms don't look like that. And 
it looks amazing. The yeah. lighting and that blue background and those wall tiles and that camera that they have and the way they set up the chair and the cigarette smoke. It's just like a beautiful, perfect interrogation scene that looks nothing like I'm sure what interrogations <laughs> look like in real police stations. But I love it. Yeah, just makes you want to commit a crime, you know? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Only if Wayne Knight is going to be in the interrogation. Only if, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Newman. My, my, Newman. My, my favorite. Newman. There's two really amazing shots in that sequence. There's one that is uh trained as focus on wayne knight as he like goes forward and it's like he goes forward into like an extreme close-up and it's like a master of sharon stone that comes in where mm. oh, it's like it's so beautiful there's like no greater like visual to describe the 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 power dynamic that truly exists like yeah this like small man and this, like master of sharon stone that goes in to deliver her like fuck off kind of whatever she says yeah. i can't remember what she delivers in that moment but it's like so good yes great scene great scene cool perfect uh, movie I, no no it's 10 movie, out of yeah. 10 would watch again <laughs> um i have nothing else to 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 say on this i i, I would have hoped to have have more but i just like ran out of time it's just crazy. hard to keep going on and on about how great it is. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're all just kind of on our hands and knees. We're doing the Wayne's world. We're not worthy. We're not worthy <laughs> to the movie Basic Instinct. And rightfully so. Yeah. I'm at, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's a masterpiece. Masterpiece. You heard yeah. it here. Yeah. Um, have have you seen it even more interesting when we eventually discuss the other Verhoeven movie, which... Uh, I was generally not a fan of. Um, I'm curious to revisit it and see if my thought process, like if I change my opinion at all, yeah. or if it remains the same. And I feel like it's more likely to remain the same. And I you're not a, revealing the title of this movie right now. Uh, well, I can bleep it out. Uh, I've been a staunch defender of this for like, since it came out. I feel like it was unfairly reviewed. And then I don't think it did well. It It, it is, I'm going to say it now and bleep it, but it's. Uh, of course. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, the most movie that's ever existed. But uh, now you have to bleep that out too, because now you revealed what movie it is. Oh, I'll bleep a bunch. You just cut out oh, all this. Uh, well, I'm not cutting it out. Say, I'm going to bleep. <laughs> I will just say, as my final note about the bleeped movie, I used to not like it very much, and I rewatched it about six months ago, and I think it's brilliant. It's it so, so good. good. But yeah. I did a real 180 on it. I didn't care much for it in previous years. So we'll see. Yeah. It has yeah. such a great sense of humor. Anyways, yeah. we're done gushing about a movie that nobody will, I think, I, I'm pretty sure that people can surmise which movie we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you won't truly know until we do it. That's right. Part of me wants to do it next, but I, I want a Paul Verhoeven break. Yeah. So we'll do something else. Pause Verhoeven. Sorry. I'm sorry. Pause Verhoeven. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I'm done. We're done. Let's say goodbye. All right. Great to chat with you guys about the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.